This week on the Sport NATO, the final chapter of the Aaron Hernandez saga. The Celtics and Raptors try not to have the final chapter of their saga, and we give out our NBA awards. It's the Sport NATO with Grant and Jonathan. Did you write that down? Did you actually make no. a scripted opening? No. Why were you staring at your iPad? So I just wanted to think it through, man, and like make sure I caught everything the way I did. I wanted it to be like really like dark and dismal, and be like, and hey, we give out our NBA awards. I thought that'd oh. be funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the three things you mentioned is it lies outside the others as by far the darkest. Like losing an NBA series. Yeah. A little different than suicide in a jail cell. Exactly. Like what yeah. the hell, Celtics? <laughs> I agree completely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we are we are of course going to talk about all these things that are happening in the world of sport. We actually may touch on a little bit of hockey because like it or not, hockey guy Patrick got me a little bit interested in the NHL playoffs last week when he guest produced the show. So, it's possible we may talk a little bit. I've been following it a little bit. Hockey guy Patrick, you have the most influence over Jonathan Levy of anybody in the world Nicely and you done. can tell him to do whatever you want and he'll yeah. do it. I you know, I'm like Reggie Jackson in The Naked Gun. Good. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. You, did you never see that? I saw it maybe when I was like six. I must kill the queen. I must yeah, I, kill I don't remember the that. queen. That's great stuff. Anyway. Really? Okay. Just relax. So the, <laughs> It's just <laughs> classic. So anyway, um, let's see here. We do four quarters of sport talk and fun here on the Sport NATO. Only fun if you guys are good, though. That's correct. Yeah. We're going to talk a little NFL, a little NBA, a little more NBA probably as well. And of course, we always wrap up with Let the Grant Fix It. Grant's going to try and solve a problem that I throw at him in a fun and creative way. It's always the best part of the show, at least in our minds. But that's way off. That's the future. That's uh, six hours from now when the yeah. show will be wrapping up. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> one. We're live streaming it too. So yeah. check it out on YouTube, Twitch, wherever you know your screen gets you. But let's get into the NBA Crackle. playoffs. Crackle. Crackle, yeah. Everything's on Crackle these yeah. days. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA playoffs, though. So we mentioned the Celtics. I don't know. I guess that's the biggest. That's got to be the biggest story coming out of the playoffs is the Bulls Celtics series. Do you agree? Yeah. So far? Yeah. So as far as we, we didn't do official research on this, but we've talked about it a lot. As far as I know, the worst loss by a one seeded team against an eight seeded team is 4 2. When was that Grizzly Spurs? That's right. Yeah, that happened. So. If the Bulls win 4-1 or better, it's going to be a historic loss for the Celtics. Um, two things. It would actually also be the uh, the Warriors beat the Mavericks uh, 4-2 as oh, well. Right. That was an incredible series. Incredible series, Baron yeah. Davis. Whew. And um, it's an historic. It'd be yes, an historic. And historic not yes. a historic. Well, you know what? So Fuck you. Maybe try and get words correct. I don't want to. No. That's you, not my job. That's clear. It's clear that that's not your job. It's not my job. No. No, no one's paying you to do that, clearly. Nobody's paying me to do anything on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start there. We're also going to talk about the Raptors because that's the other sort of, as I like to say, type yeah. situation in the NBA playoffs right now. But okay. let's start with the Celtics because they're at one seat. They're down 0-2 going to Chicago. Breaking news from today, if you haven't heard, I'm sure everyone who's listening to the show probably has by now. Rondo is out indefinitely right. with a uh, wrist injury. So does it matter? It's a, broken, gonna, it's a broken thumb. In it's fact. a broken thumb. Hey, yeah. that is on the wrist. The thumb. It's attached. 
So I'm going to take credit. I mean, for we that. could say everything's attached to the wrist then. <laughs> <laughs> it's also an injury. So yeah. I don't know why you had to be all specific about the brokenness of it. You said a thumb injury. I mean, you you said a wrist injury. <laughs> I mean, it's near the thumb, man. I was trying to. Should you know, I not have, with the knowledge I, I had, wanna, should I not have chimed in? I don't want to talk about it. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, Rondo is interesting in that he's um, kind of a piece of shit these days as far as basketball is concerned. Yeah. Uh, but he had the best game he had all year, just which is why people think this matters because right. it's a recency bias. I mean, last game he had 11 points, 14 assists, 9 rebounds, and 5 steals. That's, I mean, that's an elite game. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. Um, the game before, he had 12 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and a I mean, block. Only one turnover. That was pretty darn good, too. Yeah, so he's had a good series, obviously, yeah. but he hasn't been important to the Bulls all year. However, now the Bulls are beating the one seed in the playoffs. Maybe it's because Rondo's coming on at the right time. I mean, it, it helps, at least, yeah. right? Um, Rondo, for the season, just so everyone knows, 27 minutes played, 41% from the field, somehow 38% from three. Really? Shockingly. doesn't take very many, but still. Uh, five rebounds, seven assists, two and a half turnovers, one and a half steals. So like, meh, like barely Fine. passable. But I mean, Jerry and Grant is a better offensive player, and he's, I assume, going to be starting for the Bulls instead. Um, that is the belief, yeah, that yeah. he's he's the main backup anyway, and that he would be starting. Right. right. Um, I mean, of course, Rondo's been playing well, but I think Jerry and Grant, I mean, Jerry and Grant actually can hit threes, which is amazing for the Bulls because they need a guy who can do that. So that's mm. helpful. Jerry and Grant actually a worse three-point shooter than Rajon Rondo. By the way, and hits about the same amount of them this season. Really, I mean, he plays less. He plays sixteen minutes a game, but actually one percent worse shooter. So just okay, interesting. Thirty six point five percent, still pretty good. My perception is that he's capable of shooting threes. Maybe it's I'm... possible Rondo's taking wide open threes because everyone's tagged yeah. off him, and that's not true right. for Jerry and Grant. So that sort of messes with Rondo's stats a little bit. But he's still shooting forty one percent from the field. Rondo, right? Is. So ultimately, do you think the Rondo injury matters a lot in the series? I think it matters mainly because the Bulls don't have a lot of quality depth. Right. So Cameron Artis' pain is out. Also, I mean, and even if he wasn't, would yeah. that matter? Um, they just don't have that many guys who are who are good. Rondo's at least passable. And now you have to go, who's going to play back a point guard for this team now? I don't know. Right. So yeah. someone's going to be, there's going to be 10 minutes uh, or 15 minutes of someone playing who wouldn't be playing. They're just going to have Butler bring it up the floor, I guess, a lot of the time. Okay. But someone's going to be on the court who wouldn't have been on the court. Yeah. Right? Who Hoiberg would have chosen not to put out there. That's meaningful. You know who's been somewhat impressive in this series? Maybe not statistically, but we've watched both the games together because I'm, of course, from Chicago and Jonathan is from somewhere near Boston. New England? Yeah. Yes. From um, New England. Paul Zipser has been somewhat impressive to me in the series. Well, he had a really good game, too. He did. And he also, like, just watching him, he as as the sports guys on the TVs and such like to say, he passes the eye test for me. He's like really? A, he's like a, yeah. He's like a tall guy who it seems quick and he has handles and he can shoot from deep. I mean, it's, like, kind of impressive. I mean, I think at least in game two, no one was covering him the entire game. Similar to Bobby Portis in game one and actually Robin Lopez in game two. I mean, that was the strategy for the yeah. Celtics. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with these guys doing well in those spots. But the Celtics clearly were saying, we'll let you guys beat us from the outside. And they did. Right. So well, I'm, just I'm saying, not sure if the Celtics decide to cover Paul Zips or how it's going to go. I'm just saying I, I saw multiple times where he would rebound the ball and then bring it up the court. And the way he... Composed himself and dribbled the ball just felt very much like he was very capable at that mm. aspect of the game, which is nice as a big guy. Here's some interesting thoughts about the series, not from me, but just from Las Vegas. Okay. So we're going to Chicago. The Bulls are up 2 0. The Celtics are favored in this game. Yeah. They're two point favorites. The Bulls are only, and this is as this is before the Rondo injury, so this is probably going to come down even more, but 
pre-Rondo injury, the Bulls were on pinnacle, effectively minus 220 to win this series. Which seems means crazy. They only win like 70% of the time, according to pinnacle, who is sort of the, the gold standard right. of this stuff. I can't believe that. I actually encouraged a friend of mine who's not a Celtics fan. I was like, you should really bet on the Bills, man. Like, this is free money. Like, I would do it, but yeah. I can't root against the Celtics. That's just wrong. But you should really do that. And he did. Uh, I don't understand. I know the Bulls aren't that good. The Bulls are kind of a bad team, right? Yeah. But the Celtics are only pretty good, too. And it isn't like they've got a LeBron James superstar type. They have one guy who was a star this year whose sister died less than a week ago. Yeah. And had a good game one and a terrible game two. And I, they got to win four out of five to win this series. They're, that's really, I think they do that a whole lot less than thirty percent of the time. I know, time. me too. It seems crazy to me. I mean, you could you could talk me into fifteen percent, maybe twenty percent if you wanted to, but thirty percent just seems like insane. Yeah, like just I don't know what's going on. I guess there's a lot of money coming on the Celtics. Maybe people like know the Bulls are sort of hot garbage. Yeah, they kind of are, in fairness. Yes, but. The Celtics are clearly a sort of a fake one seed also. Like they're both they both don't really deserve their their status in the no. permanent that they currently have in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Those probably shouldn't have made the playoffs. The Celtics shouldn't have been the one seed. All right. I have a couple more thoughts on it. Hit it. All right. First, I want to go back to Zipser. Okay. I'm gonna call my shot on Zipser. Good. If you'll remember a couple years ago, before Jimmy Butler's breakout year, I said Jimmy Butler is really good, and you're like, Who the fuck is Jimmy Butler? That's about how that went. And then the next year you were like, Oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler is really good. And I'm not saying this is indicative that I'm always good at calling my shot on yeah. players, but with the last Bulls player that I said that was Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's true. I'm calling my shot on Paul Zipser. Two okay. years from now, Paul Zipser is going to be a very valuable asset. Okay, can we define what very valuable asset means just so we're all on the same page so we know if you're right or wrong? Okay, sure. Um let's let me think of like a a current equivalent to what would be the floor okay. for me to be correct. I would say the floor is like, hmm, this is a little bit tougher than I thought to oh, figure well, out. You know. um, <laughs> the floor is like, uh, who is this? Sorry, it's wow. taking me too long. Okay, well, I'll talk a little bit while you think about things that you clearly hadn't thought about. Nice. Um, Paul Zipser, already in the rotation this season for the Bulls, yeah. in, case you weren't, in case you guys didn't know this, playing 19 minutes a game. Doesn't really have a had a terrible shooting year, by the way. Shot under forty percent from the field, thirty three percent from uh, the three point line, three rebounds a game, no real anything else to speak of. All right, I got the floor. All right, good. Devin Booker. <laughs> well, then, yeah, you you know if you're right about that, but you're joking, obviously. Yeah, I am joking. So you got well, just give us at least. Is he going to be starting? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So he'll be starting on the Bulls or somewhere else in two years. Yeah, playing like 33 minutes a game. Okay, that's a fair that's a fair shot yeah. to call. Um, I would like to bet against that. I and you should. Yeah, I would I, like I'm to say saying I'm just calling my shot like Babe Ruth. No style. way, that's happening unless there's massive injuries. You were or equally team. incredulous when I was talking about Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago. Okay, but what's your point? So you like say unlikely things, and when one of them comes in once in a while, then like I'm the idiot. I'm just saying <laughs> your attitude is shitty about it. <laughs> You're being kind of a dick about it. You know, it's this, I see this. I see this with not just you, with people in general though. They like, say something that is very unlikely to happen but you know a bunch of people every day say things that are unlikely to happen and they get it right sometimes right. and then they think they're actually good at prognostication I, now you're trying to paint me as the dummy even yeah. though i qualified this before when i said i know i call my shot on jimmy butler and i know that's not indicative that this is going to be well then right. why are you why did you refer to that just like a minute ago as, because as it's a, a good example that you're a dick <laughs> <laughs> and i knew you were gonna disagree with me well this is an easy one to disagree with though. yeah of course it in is. fairness but just look out. i would like to call my I'm shot on this one's on the podcast because if i'm right i'm gonna rub it in your face so fucking hard it's gonna be amazing yeah what if you're wrong what's gonna happen then nothing <laughs> everybody will forget that's right that's right. exactly right okay moving on 
Uh, Raptors Bucks. Okay, I Did have you another, have anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, I have oh, another thought like actually okay. that I think segues between the two Perfect. series pretty well. Because I think there's something that's consistent with the two series, and that's that the Bulls have the best player on the floor in the Celtics Bulls series, right? Yes. And in the Raptors Bucks series, the Bucks have the best player on the floor. Correct. Is there something to, in the playoffs, it's more important to have the best player on the floor because that player plays more minutes and is more of a focal point? I don't think there is. Okay. I think that's something people say a lot. But if you look at, I know LeBron James has won, what, three titles now? Yeah. And he's been to the finals six years in a row and all that. Yeah. But he's also, most of the playoff series he's played in since he's been like 24 years old, he's been the best player on the floor and he lost the majority of those series. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, just as an example, like, that's a thing, right? Like, it isn't. Yeah. So, like, if if what we're saying, and I've heard a lot of a lot of people say, I heard Bill Simmons saying this actually today on his podcast. Oh, really? Too. Yeah, he was saying the same thing. Like, you know, it's so obvious. Not that you're saying it's obvious, but he was saying, you know, looking back, it's so obvious that like Giannis and is the best player on the floor, and so it's like so clear the Bucks are better. I think the Bucks can. You know, Bill Simmons says ridiculous things. On sure. The show. It's it's insane. Um, I was so I thought about it, and I don't think it's true. I think. Like we could, we'd have to like look through, you know, the annals of NBA history a little bit. Maybe we could look through some of the stuff right now. Often, the the team with the best part of the four is also just the best team too in the playoffs. Right. So it's a little harder to, and sometimes it's a little hard to separate it from, you know, like yeah. our, like I think it's clear the Rockets have a better supporting cast than the Thunder, but maybe we're wrong. It's a little hard to know if you take their best players off the floor what, what really is left. Except that the Rockets are positive. Without James Harden and the, the Thunder are like minus fourteen points per hundred, the other way without, without right. Westbrook. And I want to be clear: I'm not speaking categorically and saying sure. that if you have the best player on the floor, you will certainly win the series or the game. Okay. I'm just wondering if it the fa- the factor of it is higher in the playoffs than in the regular season. That's a fair question. Yeah. The other thing is, I just want to say neither of these series are over yet. Like no, the Raptors could. Very well still win, right? Yes. And the Celtics, it's unlikely, but apparently Pinnacle thinks they win still 30% of the time. Yeah. So, you know, if that happens, let's say the Celtics end up winning the series, right? They come all the way back. Isaiah Thomas has a monster five games. Totally possible. Yeah, it's possible. Like, you know, 20% of the time or whatever. I think the narrative is going to switch to, well, Isaiah was the best player on the floor. Right? People are going to be like, oh, you know, he's going to end up finishing sixth in MVP voting. He was an all-star this year. He was actually the best player because they won. And I think one of the ways we decide who the best player is is based on who wins. And we do it in retrospect a lot. Um, but we know for sure, no matter what, after the raptors Bucks series, we're still going to say Giannis was the best player on the floor. Um, I think we are. But were we definitely going to say that going into this series if Lowry... Like, Lowry was hurt a bit this year, but Lowry was better than Giannis last year. Giannis obviously had an amazing ascension this yeah. year. And, but when Lowry was hurt a lot, if Lowry was completely healthy in these playoffs, I don't know that we would say that. I think we would. I, I, I think I would. I think I would, too. But I don't want to be so sure about it. Lowry was a top-ten player last year in the league. He's sort of like the quiet storm in some ways, the catch-a-law of, of, uh, of <laughs> yeah. the NBA. You know, Everybody no one, needs a quiet storm somewhere. Yeah, no one really, he always, everyone always sleeps on Lowry, but Lowry is amazing and gets very little publicity, partially because he plays in Toronto, partially because he He's not doesn't do endorsements and you know yeah. keeps to himself a lot. Like, right. like to him, a good a good time is just messing with Demar Derozan during a press conference. Like that's what he wants to do. That sounds good to me. By the way, it's really cool and funny yeah. when he does that. All right, so let's talk more about that series. Then. Good, good. You so got it's, some thoughts there. It was one to one, and then talk about a storm. Holy moly! This is last night. Yeah, the Bucks just rolled over. The Bucks were up thirty with like one second left in the half when. The Raptors hit a three to cut it to 27, yeah. and they really didn't get much closer the rest I of the I remember <laughs> looking at 
I, I I wasn't watching the game, so I looked to, for a score update, and I just looked at it. And it was like sixty-five to thirty-two, and I yeah. was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" I think Toronto had forty-four points at the end of three. Is that right? Um, no, they had forty-five points at the end of yeah, three. I, I, yeah, yeah. So. Twelve, eighteen, and sixteen are their first three quarters of scoring, respectively. The Bucks have a lot of good defensive players. I don't know if they are cohesively a good defensive team yet, but. Like Middleton's a good defensive player, and Giannis is a good defensive player. That helps a lot. That's a good start. That does help a lot. Greg Monroe is terrible. Yes, he is, but that's why they don't play him that much. But also, a lot of teams don't have like big-time scoring centers, and I guess Valanciunas is just not able to be effective here. In the blowout, Valanciunas went 3-for-9 for 11 points in 20 minutes. I mean, nobody had a good game for them. Uh, It's hard to when you score. The highest-scoring player was Lowry with 13, and Corey Joseph also had 13. You know, to be clear, after the first quarter, sometimes you play your team plays a terrible first quarter. We were talking about this yesterday, and uh, and you say, "Wow, I can't believe they're only down by seven. And you know, you're not really accounting for yeah. pace. But it was thirty-two to twelve at the end of the first quarter, yeah. and then the the Bucks outscored them by seven in the second quarter. So I mean, wow, and they had scored them by five in the third quarter, by the way. So it was, I mean, it was a thirty-two point lead going into the fourth quarter. Right. Like, what the heck? That is an embarrassing thing. I, to me, the question becomes, and maybe I'm, I don't mean to move away from what you're bringing. No, up. no, go ahead. Okay. Is is this just an anomaly? Like this game? Like sometimes in the in the playoffs, you'll see a team will get blowout and they'll totally win a series anyway. Yeah, sure. Um, is this just an anomaly? But we could make a case certainly that Giannis is not only the best player, but we know Horalibus has made the case that Chris Middleton is the second best yeah, player in this which series, which is crazy. Which is one of the reasons why you bet on this series against me, right? Yeah. After it was one zero, by yeah. the way, um, and I still took the Raptors because I'm like, eh, I don't buy it. Right. So here we are. It's I mean, now two to one, and I would have felt much better about this if it was a close game. But you know, yeah. this, this level of blow up does make me worried. Now, is that just me being dumb, sort of, and like falling for the, this typical sports narrative, thinking that this very small, ultimately small sample size bottle has any meaning about the rest of the series? I think it matters for sure. When I don't. A, I don't it, think it matters a ton, but yeah. I think it's certainly different than losing by two. Yeah. I mean, it means something about the teams and how they compete against each other. It seems to, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, the other thing is Toronto barely won in game two. It was close. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were, they were actually winning by like 10 points a lot of the game. But as it came down to it, it was, all the, it was super tight at the, in the last few minutes of the game. And, um, and the Bucks kept coming back in game two. And game one was a, a pretty solid Bucks win, if I recall. It wasn't like super close, right? I have to go back and look at that. Yeah, I think it was pretty solid. Um, it's part of why I wanted – I always wanted to bet on the Bucks, But when they were up 1-0, and I, then I felt like more comfortable betting – even with you, we bet even on the series. Yeah, Milwaukee um, won by fourteen in game one. Yeah, part of it is like at the beginning, the Bucks had a terrible start to the season, and it was kind of shocking to me because I remember before the season thinking like the Bucks are really going to be a, a thing. You yeah, know? like they have a lot of good pieces, and the Raptors are going in the opposite direction. You know, the only thing that really impresses me about the Raptors is Lowry. I know DeRozan, he was great this year. Had a great year. Um, but I, like they're two teams going in opposite directions. You right? also used to love Valanciunas, remember? You had like a man yeah. crush on Valanciunas. Last year's while. playoffs, I I really liked watching him play. He yeah. was good. Um, but anyway, he hasn't been impressive this year. <laughs> no, he hasn't. No. Uh, there's a lot of insults coming from you towards. I don't know today. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> my my point is, uh, these teams are going in opposite directions, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything for this year or this series. But it's kind of an interesting thing. Like Lowry's 32 or something, right? I think he's 29. I'll look it up. I don't think he's 32. I think he's in Maybe he's not 32. 32? That can't be Yeah, right. please look it up. I'm looking it up. Keep talking. Anyway, the Bucks are one of the youngest teams with the most talent. And so these guys are just going in opposite directions. And maybe this is, you know, where they pass in the night as ships passing in the night. He's 31. Greg. 31. Okay, so sorry. No, my bad. He's not 32. All right. So next question. I have a question yeah. about the Bucks. Okay. Um, 
Forgoing draft picks. Forget about draft picks and future assets and everything like that. Okay. If you could take one NBA roster for the next 10 years, would it be the Bucks? That's a great question. Uh, the only team I think that you could really consider besides the Bucks. Okay, there's two teams I guess you consider. Timberwolves. Besides. Timberwolves and Sixers. Yep. For forgoing all future draft picks. Yeah. Stuff, which is, you know. I mean, I don't know why we're doing that, but sure, we're talking about the current, the current, yeah, like the quality the of the current players that we know yeah. are on the team. Okay, the Sixers have got a shot, right, with Ben Simmons, Saric, and Embiid. Yeah, that could be the best front court of all time. Right. I mean, that's stretching in some ways, but like Saric might very well win the Rookie of the Year. Embiid is maybe the best center in the league, or certainly an All NBA level center right now if he's healthy. And Simmons, if he's healthy, we don't know what he is, but has a chance to be a transcendent player too. Right. So maybe them. The only, I mean, Middleton is really good. But I feel like he's got a ceiling that is much lower than maybe not Saric, but like Simmons, certainly an Embiid. Yeah. Uh, Middleton is never going to be more than like a really good second best player, a nice second best player. Are you sure he can't be Jimmy Butler? I don't. I mean, I'm not sure, but I don't think he can. It may be harder to be Jimmy Butler anyway if you got Giannis on your team. Right? Yeah, that's or, true. Sorry, Giannis on your team. Giannis, right? Um, so maybe maybe we can't really tell. This is the Scotty Pippen argument for a long time. It's like Scotty was like, I could absolutely be lead teams to titles. I just can't do it on my own because Jordan's, Jordan's here too, so no one's ever going to give me credit for it. Of course, then he went to Portland and failed at that. But yes, but still, like that's the you, you can't really know. The, the opposite is James Harden, right? James Harden yeah. was coming off the bench in OKC. Sorry, in uh, yeah, or, oh, it was OKC, right? And then they traded him to Houston, and he was almost immediately an All NBA player, right? Like the next year, he was immediately like, wow. Yeah, so it's hard to know. I mean, but having Giannis, Giannis has the highest upside of any of those guys that we mentioned. Um, probably. I mean, Embiid, it's hard to say. But you can't say he has more upside than Giannis I mean, at this I, point. I can. It would be stupid. Why? Because Giannis has, like, unlimited upside. He has the most upside of anybody in the NBA. I mean, I don't know if that's true either. <laughs> but Giannis has extraordinary high upside, and you couple that with really high production. Yeah. That combination is, is incredible, and that's something... We were seeing that with Embiid there for a little while, too, but then he got hurt. Right. Right? So... I mean, the only other guy you could put in that sentence right now, I guess, is probably, as we like to say, Anthony Davis, right? Yeah. Are those like the three guys? Jokic? Yeah, maybe Jokic. Maybe Jokic. Are the Pelicans a contender for like the next 10 years roster, even though they had a crappy time? I can't put him there because this is interesting. So one of the things we're going to do a little later on in the show is our all-NBA first and second teams. And I was really struggling with what to do at the center position. It's yeah. one of the most interesting things to think about. And part of the, I won't, I won't get into what I do with Anthony Davis, but Boogie Cousins, I sort of eliminated. Right. Because I was like, so he was on a terrible Kings team that gave him away for essentially nothing, went to a terrible Pelicans team, and they got worse. Yeah. How can I, how can I say he's a great player? I mean, his, his numbers are amazing. I have wanted him on the Celtics forever, but it seems crazy to make him, put him on the top two All-NBA teams based on the body of work I'm seeing. It just doesn't seem reasonable. Right. So... I don't, so I don't feel like I can give the Pelicans that much cred. Do you? Nah. Do you agree with my, uh, my thoughts in terms of what I say? Sixers and uh, yeah. Timberwolves? Yeah, I who, do. Who, who's your number one? Is it the Bucks? I think it's the Bucks. It's either the Bucks or the Timberwolves for me. Just The Sixers have too many question marks. They do. I mean, the Sixers could essentially be nothing because right. of all the injuries and stuff like that. It comes down to really is, can Andrew Wiggins ascend to something more than just pretty goodness. Yeah. You know, if he can ascend to greatness, then I, I think they will be better. And Zach Levine's a nice piece, too. He is, actually. Yeah. He took a major step forward, for sure. 
But but I think it really comes down to the Wiggins question for Minnesota. I don't really believe in him. I got to tell you. I know you don't. I don't know if I do or not. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about hockey a little bit because this is our longest headliners ever, and we never talked about hockey yet. Okay. Let's yeah. do it quickly. Uh, so we talked last time about the Capitals playing, and we talked about the Blackhawks playing. They're the respective number one seeds in their conferences. The Blackhawks got swept by the Nashville Predators. The Blackhawks had their second-best regular season of all time, had won the title two years ago, got swept 4-0 in the first round after losing a really tough seven-game series in the first round last year. That's just amazing. Yeah. This is actually, I think, not exactly equivalent, but close to if the Celtics end up going out, let's say, in five to the Bulls. Right. It's a little different because this happens a bit in the the NHL, and it really never happens in the NBA. The National Hockey League? Why, Why would you say that? I don't know. That's it just weird. felt weird. Oh, it's so it felt annoying. like so, nobody's been doing that. So I like, know. You know, you, you stopped being annoyed about it or something. Yeah. And, or maybe I just took a, I went on vacation for two weeks and I came back and everything got messed up, man. It all got messed up. But, you know, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, the National welcome. Hockey League. Yeah. Yeah, it feels good. The Central <laughs> Intelligence Agency. Okay. So, so, anyway, any thoughts about the Blackhawks being boned? I mean, I'm not a hockey fan, so I can't feel it. But I know for sure, like, if the Blazers or the Bulls were a very high seed in the NBA playoffs and got destroyed in the first round, I would feel very, very sad. It would suck. <laughs> well, there you go. There yeah. you have it. And you're, you're on your way to feeling that way with the I Celtics. Really, I absolutely really might be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've sort of already let myself experience the pain of it to some degree, so I'm not going to feel as sad anymore. But we'll see. If they come back and then lose the series anyway, that's where the sadness will come. <laughs> just so you know, that's how they, it works. They go up 3-2 and then lose the series. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Even if they just get to Game 7 and lose a tough Game 7 or get blown out in Game 7, that's going to be a dark, dark hour and a half. So, uh, so the, on the other side, you have Toronto and Washington. The Capitals were... For the last 10 years, they've been the best team in the NHL regular season. Pretty... By a lot. Yeah. Right? Alex Ovechkin on the team, of course. And they've never gotten out of the second round of the playoffs in 10 years. And it is tied 2-2, two to two, but just by the skin of their teeth, man. Like, they were up 4-1 to one and had to hit a goal with six seconds left in regulation to win 5-4 to four to tie it at two games after winning in overtime to win their other, you know, to win game one of the series. They're barely winning. What is going on, man? I mean, is it an argument for a clutch factor? Is like there's a, a clutch factor that Ovechkin doesn't have or something like that. Is it a clutch factor? Is it a choke factor? Yeah, something like Maybe that. Maybe it's different. You know, there, yeah. there may not be. A, I actually, I think there is some clutch stuff. I don't know about in the NHL and the NBA. I think there there is yeah. some clutch stuff in certain spots. We watch LeBron do it, right? Right. Um, we watch other guys do it too. Um, but I think there can be a choke factor too. Like I yeah. think mostly not, but in in the biggest spots in the playoffs and stuff like that, sure. Yeah, that I might believe be what's it. Going, and it might get worse and worse the more people expect you to succeed, and yeah. the more you fail over and over again in the same spot. That mm. becomes it just builds and builds so much, you know. Absolutely. Right. I mean, like it's kind of a feeling like so. Th- this is only for some of you, but probably most of you who are poker listeners as well. It's like uh, if you get heads up in a poker tournament. And everybody knows who you are and thinks you're the better player between you and the other person. Yeah. Then there's like a lot of pressure. Like if you lose the heads up match, it feels like, oh man, that they kind of disappointed everybody. You right. Know? Yeah. And it, I mean, yeah. And then people have something to say. Yeah. And think and all that and yeah. have an opinion about it instead yeah. of like if you win, no one's going to say anything or right. have an opinion about the other guy losing or even you winning. Yeah. It's like the other guy gets to be the underdog and that's an, a much more nice emotional place to be. Right. I mean, this yeah. is as a Patriots fan, something that's made it difficult to root for them in some ways, specifically the year they went 18-0 and lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. Because it was like, oh, like the pressure of that was so good. needing them to win every game and especially all the games in the playoffs and like what was going to come of it if they didn't was was brutal, honestly. I, oh, I didn't know you then. I wish I could have been there and watched you have the pain. It was it was bad. Incredible. I think that sort of ruined me for sports a little bit, that that loss. Honestly, like I felt pain for three days and I like decided like I can't. I can't operate like that. <laughs> like I'm gonna have to like take a step back a little bit, be less emotionally connected to all this stuff because it was so, so brutal. And of course, all my friends were Giants fans, and I watched the game in New York City. I wonder if that's how Caps fans feel. You know, I mean, not exactly yeah. like that, but it's been so so long with having Ovechkin and having these high expectations and never performing when it counts. Right, and to the point where now they're like, yeah, this is like people like us who've never heard of the Washington Capitals and didn't know Alex Ovechkin was on the team until last week and knew nothing about them are talking about them this way. Yeah. It's like, the only thing I know about the NHL is the Capitals are a disappointment. You know, that's the <laughs> yeah. only thing I can tell you. Like, that's incredible, right? Yeah. But that's kind of true. Right. So that's, like, tough as a fan. Like, you know, someone's like, oh, yeah, I, I love the NHL. It's like, oh, yeah, well, what do you think about the Capitals? They suck, right? Like, they're good, <laughs> but they suck? Like, what's the story with that? Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know. Oh, so tough. All right. Well, I, we've gone on forever. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk a little Aaron Hernandez. It's quarter number two. We're going to talk a little Aaron Hernandez, who, of course, was spending time in the New Bedford Correctional Facility before he hanged himself and is now dead. You seem way too joyous. <laughs> you sound so joyous about yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little a person weird. died. It's fucked up. I mean, he killed people, right? He did. He killed people and didn't seem to care and was a bad guy. That seems like the case, yeah. So it's hard for me to feel bad about this guy killing himself. Maybe that's crazy. Maybe that's just cold-hearted me. But that's how. I mean, do, do you honestly? How do you feel about Aaron Hernandez dying? I feel no one's listening. Just it's just you and me. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it, it's a weird thing because I do feel like kind of shitty about it. It's oh yeah, it's, in the way that when somebody that you've heard of or have seen a couple of times dies, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it just it, it's a weird thing. It's like oh, I'm never going to see that person on TV live again, and it's kind of like a weird thing that's taken away from your life as, as from a selfish perspective, you know. Sure. So even though he's Done some very bad things. Um, that's still the case, you know? I mean, you were never going to see Aaron Hernandez no, on TV anyway, But, it, but there's no chance of it now, right? He was like, in prison for life. I know, but I'm saying there's literally no chance now. He's dead. Right. Yeah. Where, like, whereas I might see Jerry Springer on TV sometime in my life, but I never watched him. It just might happen, you know? Yeah. And okay. So I, do you not get what I'm saying at all? I do sort of. I do sort of. It is weird. I don't, yeah. I don't disagree. It's, I mean, look, I, I feel less bad about this than most famous people that I hear about dying, for I, sure. I don't feel, like, giddy about it. I actually felt, I have felt giddy about one famous person's death. You know who that is, right? Hitler? No. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson, actually. I was, I was glad he was dead. Really? Yeah. Why? Because he's a child molester. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, I understand he made music that a lot of people liked and was very popular, but he touched kids in inappropriate ways for years and years and years and got away with it. And, like, I think it's fine that he's dead. Like all right, a lot, of, a lot of kids' lives are ruined because of that. Probably guy. an unpopular opinion, but yeah, I understand it. I don't care. I don't mind taking it. And by the way, maybe a lot of kids from him dying will not like future kids' lives won't be ruined because they won't be molested by him now. That's true. So I hope that's the case. Yeah, hope they will not be molested well, by his ghost. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to Aaron. Hernandez. Oh yeah. So I'm not like happy with Aaron Hernandez being dead, but I feel no anything bad about it. It just it's it's slightly weird and sort of like a huh. But, like, he was a really bad guy yeah. who did really bad Seems things. Seems like he was a sociopath. Definitely gang-affiliated. Killed 
I be, although he only was convicted for one murder, but it seems very clear he killed multiple people. The but, murder he was convicted for was the one to cover up other murders. That right? is that is correct. Yeah. Although he was acquitted on another double homicide charge just like a week or two ago, but then hanged himself anyway. There actually something came out today saying that he uh, he hanged him. He had been planning to hang himself for weeks. Huh. So I don't know what that's about. Honestly, how do people the other? know that? I don't know. Probably notes or something. I'd have to. I didn't read the whole article because you know. Where's the time? <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's there's not much more to say really about it. It's just a weird chapter in sort of NFL history. This I'm, guy was so good. He had you know this huge contract and led this very intense double life. He's he was an extreme version of the bad parts of the NFL. A very <laughs> yeah. extreme version where he was murdering people on the regs. On the reg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. It's it is just kind of is there any chance there was foul play? Is there any chance he didn't? Absolutely. Yeah. Cuz cuz he was, you know, gang affiliated and I'm sure he continued that into prison. Like who knows what was going on in there. His family actually has asked that the prison not uh disturb any of the evidence from his hanging, even though it's already been ruled a suicide because they want to make sure that it's not foul play. Hmm. And that's fair. Like it very well could be. I could see it being other prisoners. It could be potentially guards. Yeah. Could be the CIA. <laughs> I don't know the why the Central CIA. Intelligence Agency. It's could be the Patriots. It's more likely to be the Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Actually, it's going to be one or the other. Um, Patriots, though, could it be the New England Patriots. I think it was personally. I think it was Belichick himself. I, I mean, I'll just say this: if that if, Be- if Belichick walks into the New Bedford Correctional Facility and says, "Everyone leave. Everyone out." They'll Just be like, me and, they'll me be and like, Aaron. All right, Belichick says so. Give me that rope. Me and Aaron. You guys saw nothing. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, he's going to get his way, right? They're like, great job this year, coach. <laughs> <laughs> but that might be the case. Yeah. Um, so do you think there might be something, too? So you, you mentioned that he was acquitted of these other murders yeah. uh, in a trial, but he's already in prison for life, right? Right. So there's really nothing to fight for there. The Just- only thing which you could make a case for and I don't think this is what's up, honestly. But his, he was appealing his uh, murder charge, the one that he's actually in jail for, yeah. for killing Odin Lloyd. And uh, when your case is on appeal and you kill yourself or you die, and it's in appeal like this, the, uh, the verdict is actually rescinded. It's abated because they say, like, justice hasn't gotten its full. Like, oh. you haven't been for sure found guilty because you haven't had your appeal. So then they, it, it's presumed, or not presumed, but it sort of goes on the books automatically as you're actually an innocent man. Huh. So, like, if there's civil stuff still going on, which there very well may be. Oh, could, it could save his family some money or it something? It could, but would it really? Like, everyone knows who that guy is. Everyone knows what happened. And would, would he care? That's another question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he maybe would. he's not maybe a real... Maybe he's a kid. Maybe, he he's a, not, maybe he's not a real sociopath. Maybe right. he just is okay with killing, which is... Seems like it's probably a sociopath, but... No, I mean, I could see situations where you kill someone and, because you feel like you have to, and then, you know, you have to kill someone else because you feel like you have to do that. You know, like, sounds, oh, that guy knows like about the first one. Sounds like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not speaking from any experience at all, but I will say, when the light goes out in their eyes, <laughs> oh, wow. it's an incredible moment. I, I, somebody I did tweet and ask you to be dark about this, didn't they? <laughs> they and did. I, I think you've taken that to heart. Multiple people actually asked to really like Dark Jonathan. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> In full glory. Yeah, this is dark. <laughs> yeah, we really went there with this one, huh? Yeah. All right, well, why don't we stop right there, and um, we're just going to jump right past halftime and go into the third quarter and our NBA awards. What do you say? That sounds good. Lighten things up a little bit, perhaps? Perhaps. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we'll talk about how the different ways the NBA players can die. You know, like car crash, um, plane crash, 
AIDS. That's that's really insensitive of you. Like Isaiah Thomas's sister died very recently of a car crash. She's not an NBA player. That's right. But you brought up car crash as a way of death. That's wow. Who went dark now? I guess you did. Wow. Because you're the one who took it there. (laughs) You are you are a monster. Um, tornado. Yeah. uh, uh, Lethal injection. All of these things. All of these things are ways to die. Okay, but let's let's try and go to a sunnier place anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know. I don't know if these jokes are really going to fly with even our, even our audience. I'm not sure. I don't really care. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So let's just talk NBA awards here. So here's the big ones: MVP, Most Improved Player, and All NBA teams. Like that's it, right? Okay. And Most Improved Player. I mean, we'll do that quickly. MVP. Let's just do that. Let's blow that one out. Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. He's going to win too. Yeah. Easy. It's great that he's going to win. We've been talking about this all season. We've been pretty strong on the Westbrook train all season long, so we feel good about that. Yeah. Nothing to say, right? Yep. Most improved player? I got Rudy Gobert. Really? Oh, I got Giannis. Oh, that's fair. I didn't even consider him because he's so good. Right. That happens. Yeah. To me, me, it's got to be Giannis. Yeah, that's probably correct. Okay. Let's do it quickly. We didn't have this one, but rookie of the year. There's there's a few obvious candidates. There's Embiid, Saric, or Malcolm Brogdon on the Bucks. Right. The and the we've talked about this a little bit. The real question with Embiid is is his body of work big enough? Because clearly Embiid is the best of those players by a mile. He's also, by the way, he's you know hasn't been in college in three years. But yeah. Anyway, I think I, I I think this may be incorrect for multiple reasons, but just the way I want to do it is to say Embiid. Okay. I just want to pick the best player. That's not crazy. Um, I'm going to take Saric. You can make a case for any of the three guys. I think it's yeah. fine. There's not a lot to say there either, really. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump to the meaty part, though. The okay. All-NBA teams. We're only going to do two of them, though, not three. Yeah, because, come on. That's going to take forever. What are we? What are we? Guys who take forever for we're stuff? No, we're not. No. We're the opposite. Yeah. I mean, maybe not the complete opposite. We're very we'd lazy. be guys who take no time. <laughs> that would be that would be crazy. We're very lazy. Yeah, that's what we are. We're just going to take some reasonable amount of time at most. Okay, so all NBA first team. Well, I think we got we got to talk about the structure of this. So okay. the way they structure it is two guards, two forwards, and a center. Right. So you can have two point guards, two small forwards, and a center, or you know any any combination like that. You know. Right. But so, you have to have a center. Yeah. Because if you didn't have a center, this would be pretty easy to do. Differently, but the fact you are forced to put a center on both teams really does change it up. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. All right, so I'm pretty sure we're gonna have the same backcourt. Uh yeah, which would be Harden and Westbrook. Yeah, okay. I think I'm pretty sure we're gonna have the same front court. For I'm gonna, first team. I'm guessing it's Kawhi and LeBron. Yeah. Okay, so we're done with that. That was obvious. Those are the the four MVP candidates, the four right. reasonable MVP candidates. Everyone else is far away from those guys. Yeah. Okay. Great. Everything else though now is up for grabs. Right? Absolutely. So who is your final first team selection at center? Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. You like Rudy Gobert. I do. I see, I've seen him play a lot this season, and uh, he's incredible on defense. The way he affects the other team is just insane. Mm. It's more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Whoa. Really? Whoa. That's strong. Yeah. He's also had a really good offensive year considering his limitations, right? Right. I mean, it's just like there's, there's like a black hole radius around him with his enormous wingspan, and you can't put a shot up from anywhere in there or yeah. else he's going to either make it so he can't go in or block it. He shot 66% from the field this year, scoring 14 points a game. It's pretty good. 13 rebounds, two and a half blocks in 34 minutes. Right. And his offensive performance has definitely improved, but it's really the reason I put him on the team is because I think he he should be a defensive player of the year candidate. Oh, he is. He's one of the top three. It's him, Draymond, and Kawhi. Those are the three guys. And he's just like a black hole on defense. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much correct. Who's your center? I went with Anthony Davis. It was close. I was I was choosing him between him and Gobert for first team. I was Davis counts as a center. Yeah. 
Oh. I decided he played center for most of the season, and then Cousins showed up. So I thought ESPN he was ESPN lists him as a power forward. Oh, I have him on Yahoo as a forward center, so I went with him as a center. And a lot of people listed him as a center. All right. Their well, I guess picks. that's your prerogative. You could yeah. do that way. So if you, if you thought of him as a center, would you have put him ahead of Gobert? Yes. Okay. I so, think so. So there you go. So we're actually the same, the same boat yeah. with these guys. Just to give everyone a sense of Anthony Davis's season, ultimately. 36 minutes played, shot 50% from the field. Only shot 30% from three, which is a little disappointing because he started off so hot from yeah. there. Shot well from the free throw line. 12 rebounds, two assists, 1.3 steals, 2.2 blocks, 28 points. Team was pretty bad, though. But he was the only good player on it until DeMarcus showed up anyway. And it, that didn't seem to help. Yep. You could make a case that, you know, to go with the winning guy who plays great defense and doesn't screw up at all. Gobert, I think, led the league in dunks by a mile. Like, all that guy yeah. does is, that's why his shooting percentage is so high from the floor. But ultimately, Davis is sort of the transcendent player you have to game plan against, and Gobert is not. So I, I decided, at least offensively. Yeah. So I decided. Gobert is better on defense. Yeah. But yeah. he's better than everybody on defense right. at the center position. But, but Davis is good on defense, too. Yeah, he is. And, and causes trouble. And he's such a transcendent offensive player. In my mind, I just decided to go with him. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. So we're pretty much on the same page so far. Right. Let's get to the second team, though, shall we? All right. Let's go with guards first. Yes. Let's go back and forth. So you, you start. I'm going to start. Okay. My uh, point guard, I, it doesn't really matter. My, yeah. my, I got Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Okay. He's not on my team. Well, that's crazy, son. Actually, it isn't. A lot <laughs> no, of people wouldn't have him there. Um, a lot of people... Well, I won't get into what a lot of people do yet. Um, yeah, Chris Paul, he's probably the best defensive point guard in the league. He's also one of the best offensive point guards in the league. He blows away... If you look at, the, what is it, the real plus minus, he's the number one player in the league with that as well. So when you include advanced that's stats... A, that's a very flawed stat, as we know. Okay, but if you don't look at that, he's the best defensive point guard in the league yeah. and one of the best offensive point guards in the league, right? These are very good points. Yeah. And his team always wins fifty some odd games, no matter what. And he is the you know the straw that stirs the drink. You know he is awesome and incredible. I will admit though, the guards are tough, and there's a lot of really good candidates yeah. here. And so it's I'm such not an inflated to... position right now. Yeah, you could really pick other guys. So go ahead. I got Steph. Yeah, that's reasonable. I don't have him. You don't have, but him, that's but... completely reasonable. I strongly consider all the him. normal reasons. I mean, he's just the best offensive player in the league, probably still. And I mean, I don't know if he is uh, Durant. Harden, Westbrook, I don't know. It's hard to... I mean, he's more efficient than everybody but Durant on that list. Harden? He's more efficient than Harden? Yeah. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Especially, he's very efficient. Especially when you take into account turnovers. Yeah. He had, for him, a down year, but for anyone else, a spectacular year. He averaged 25 points still. Right. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't average 30. He only shot, like, 40% from three instead of 45. Right. He averaged, like, what, six and a half assists, you know, yeah. while Harden's averaging 10 and Westbrook's averaging... Yeah, actually, Harden's like, averaging 11. Well, they're on my first team. No, I understand, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, in, like Chris Paul's averaging ten and a half assists or something like that too, right? Comparatively, he's not a great defensive player by any means. Um, still, he's extraordinary, possibly the best shooter of all time, probably the best. Yeah, shooter Yeah, I think all it's time. pretty clear he is. Yeah, um, and is the sort of the engine that has made Golden State go for the last three seasons, ultimately, right? Yeah. Even though Durant joining Golden State makes them pretty good. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> that helps. But that they helps won seventy three last year without Durant. Right. Right. So, now they have other pieces too that are really, really, really good. Yeah, obviously, Draymond is a top ten player. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's a top twenty player. I don't know if Draymond's actually a top ten player anymore, but he's in the top twenty. Yeah. You know, and they have Durant also. I mean, this that team is so insanely loaded. Obviously, it's. It, I think it just hurts Steph. If Durant wasn't on the team, Steph's numbers would have been a little bit better, and he probably would have been my number in on the second team for me. So maybe it's unfair, but I don't know how else to do it. Like, right. Well, I'm like, yeah, Chris Paul, he's the man. That's, that's that. That's fair. He is the man. Yeah. And, you know, the Clippers were good, as they always are. All right. Who's your other guard? 
John Wall. Me too. Oh, really? Yeah. Boy, again, a case for so many guys here, right? Yeah, obviously. Like Isaiah Thomas, I, yeah. makes, I think is going to make second-team all I think it's going to be Stefan Isaiah, actually, for the real second-team All-NBA. I think it probably will. Yeah, but to me, John Wall is better than Isaiah. I, yeah, I mean, he plays defense. He plays defense. He is not much worse offensively. And he gets 10.7 assists per game. Right. So he passes the ball better. He's a better rebounder. He's taller. He's a better athlete. He's one of the best athletes in the NBA. I mean, he's a better player. Yeah. I mean, that's just true. Isaiah had a better season. No, Isaiah didn't have a better season. Isaiah had a showier season. Isaiah had a better offensive season. Right. Yeah. Right. But Isaiah gives back so much on the defense, and it's easy to overlook that. The Celtics need Isaiah. Don't get me wrong, but I yeah. think they would prefer John Wall. Like all oh, things yeah. considered, right? We ch- we as the Celtics would trade Isaiah for John Wall in a heartbeat, even though the contracts aren't as good. If they're, assuming the ages are the same. If which, the league got blown up and we were GMs doing an NBA fantasy draft, John Wall would go many, many, many spots ahead of Isaiah. Well, let's Thomas. pretend it's just for this season, though. It's a one-season NBA fantasy draft, not forever. I would still take John Wall. Yeah, I would take him too, but it would be closer, right? But yeah. I mean, no, it wouldn't. I take that back. Like Isaiah would go pretty far down for me because the defense is such a problem. Yeah. You know, it sort of messes up so many things your team does when he's your starter. If he's coming off the bench, it feels a little bit easier. There's less for him to have to deal with. But Right. I mean, he's dealing with starting point guards and starting two guards his entire all game, and he can't stop anybody, and he's tiny. Yep. He tries. He's just he tries. good. He gets angry at the refs. He gets really angry at the refs all the time. Okay, so we both have John Wall. You have Steph. I have Chris Paul. That sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. Forwards. Giannis. Clearly, and his name is Giannis. Giannis. It's like Yanni. Giannis. You're getting closer. In yeah. The, Gian, Giannis is pretty clear, right? He was an automatic Isn't guy. his brother's name Thanis or something? Is it? It, it, sounds something. Like, it sounds like their Game of Thrones character. I know. It's awesome. Greek, Giannis, Greek names are awesome. Thanis. Isn't Thanis the guy who, uh, who had like, you know, the right, rightful heir to the throne? Perhaps. Isn't Thanis, isn't his brother like 17 or something? He's probably going to be in the NBA in a couple of years. I don't know anything about this. Oh, okay. Maybe. Theolonis? I don't know. His name is cool. Yeah, you're killing his name. I'll say that. I mean, in a good way. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, you're so mean today. No. What's with that? Dark Jonathan. <laughs> Dark, Dark Jonathan doesn't have to be mean to Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, but then I decided to do that, too. Yeah. It's better. All right, who's your other forward? It's better for me. Kevin Durant. Uh, I Well, because of the way we designate positions, I have Anthony Davis. Oh, okay. And so you have a different center entirely. Interesting. Yeah. Who's your center? Because I have Gobert. I have Carl Anthony Towns. Right, you love that guy. Man, do you love Carl Anthony Towns. Did you look at his if stats? You were, if, you were, <laughs> if you were like a stripper in a strip club and Carl Anthony Towns came in, you would try and, you know. He averaged 25 be, points, 13 rebounds, and two blocks a game. Have him be a client. <laughs> he shot 38% from three. Yeah, that's incredible. He's an offensive force, that guy. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not unreasonable for me to put him there at <laughs> not all. Not at all. Not at all. Not uh, at all. So we have a lot of similar players, I it's guess. It's interesting you don't have Durant in your top 10. Guys, uh, he though. missed a lot of time. That's why. He did. He did. I would, Let's say he was perfectly healthy all season. What would Who would get bounced, if anyone? I guess it would have to be Anthony Davis. No, it would probably be Giannis. I don't know. You can't bounce. But I can't, I can't bounce the guards for him. No, you have to bounce Giannis or Davis. Yeah, That's so who, who do I bounce then? I don't know. You also can play Davis at center if you want. If you well, want then, I, then I guess Gobert's not even in there, even though he's on my first team. No, Cat's K- K- not in there. Right. Yeah. That's closer to what I have. Then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. You got any, any notables? My notables are Isaiah Thomas. Sure. Uh, Paul George and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Those guys are pretty all right. Yeah. Like I considered George and Butler for 
once I figured out that I was putting Anthony Davis as a forward and second team, I was like, oh, I can't consider those guys anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, the real question starts to become like, who makes third team forward? That's because like you can sort of figure out the guards based on the guys we didn't pick for yeah. the second team, right? Like Chris Steph Paul. is going to make mine. Chris Paul is going to make yours. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is going to make ours. And if not, if somehow, you know, and like John Wall would make it on everyone else's, you know, the third team. Yeah. If, but we have him on the second team. But like Gordon Hayward is a reasonable guy for third team I think forward. I Butler, Butler, George. George are reasonable guys. There's there's just a lot. Blake Griffin's at least a reasonable guy. Oh yeah, guy. Blake Griffin. Yeah. Like there's a lot of really good players in the league right now. I know, young, it's a great young, time to be an NBA fan. Fantastic. Except the Warriors are just going to win every year. Yeah, for that's the next, too bad. Like six years. But besides oh, that, also it's Kevin fantastic. Durant. By the way, we didn't even. Well, he's in my second team. Yeah, and he, he was going to be. On I yours. guess he would be on my third team. Right. Then. Right. So the other guy would have to be either George or Butler for me. Right. So there yeah. you go. This is what happens. Right. right. You just it's hard pick, to pick between those guys. Well, pick one. I take Butler. I take Butler too. This year, I take Butler. George had a little bit of a down year for yeah. him. Butler just had better stats. Yeah, Butler was good this year, man. He was yeah. really, it looks amazing in the playoffs. Too. Yes, he's he does. Big. He's, he's a big guy. He's only 6'7", but he's super athletic. He feels so big. Because he jumps so high. <laughs> he's super athletic. <laughs> His hair, too. His hair is awesome. His hair is not as awesome as that one guy on the Bulls bench who like is always clapping and ever. Oh, plays. yeah, that guy looks cool. Who is that guy? I don't know, but he looks like You're- a guy... I, I want to go to a bar and just be in the same group as that guy. Yeah. And they're like, we're automatically the coolest group in the bar. Oh, my gosh. That guy is so awesome. <laughs> he's like we a gotta guy fi- who never plays. We've got to yeah. find out his name because he's got to have the coolest everything. Friends, <laughs> car. doesn't matter what car he drives. It's awesome. He's probably really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and so funny, that yeah. guy. He just looks happy. I want to be his friend. I'm going to be his friend. That's it. I've decided. All right. Life goals. One way goals. or another. One way or another. Guy whose name you don't know who you've seen on the Bulls bench. Yeah, he's cool looking. All right. uh, (laughs) Why don't we stop it there? We'll come back and do a little Let the Grant Fix It. It's quarter number four. It's Let the Grant Fix It. It's time. Prepare yourselves. We're not going to be dark. Not anymore. This isn't going to have to do with Michael Jackson? It's a time of lightness and happiness. Shiny times. Shiny times? Shiny times. Is that something people say? It is now. Is that what they say? They say it on, sort of on Firefly. They say shiny, which means good. Ah, yeah. So there's that. Anywho. Shiny is good. <laughs> See? Shiny <laughs> times. So um, we're going to do a little thing here, which is where I pose a problem to Grant, or in this case, potentially two problems to Grant. It sounds like it's not sports related. Well, we're going to have to find out yeah. together, aren't we? I read you like a book, motherfucker. We're going to find out together. Okay. Pose a problem or two to Grant. It's all gonna be. It's gonna be two problems, but it's within the same story, the same narrative. Okay, to be clear. It's not like a second. Let the Grant fix it. And Grant's gonna come up with fun and creative solutions. I help out along allegedly, the way. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. We'll I, I, anytime he doesn't, I help out. That's how it works. But that's good. So you ready? Yeah. Vladimir Putin. I knew it. Oh, did you? You got served. <laughs> My favorite movie. You do. You like that? No, I haven't seen it. Okay. So in 2005 in Russia. Robert Kraft, who's, of course, the owner of the New England Patriots. Yeah, piece of shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the Kraft Foods empire. Yes, of uh, course. He makes he and terrible friend, cheese. You take that back. It's made of oil, basically. So it was a lot of wonderful cheese. Anyway, let's, let's stay focused. It's bad cheese. Am I supposed to fix the cheese? <laughs> <laughs> the cheese is terrible. There's no fixing it. So Robert Kraft and a friend visited Russia and met with Putin after the Patriots had won Super Bowl Thirty Nine, which is, of course... Uh, their third Super Bowl win when they beat the Eagles, 24 to 21. Kraft showed off the ring and handed it to Putin. Do you know about this, by the way? No. Oh, great. He showed it off and handed it to Putin, who tried it on 
and never gave the ring back. The ring features 124 diamonds. Robert Kraft has since said, and I quote, The Super Bowl rings are all in a drawer except for my third one. The original is in Russia with the president of the country. <laughs> so we just been giving out our rings. I showed Sandy, that's his friend, my ring, and he said, why don't you show it to the president? And I showed it to him, and he put it on, and he sort of enjoyed it, so he kept it on. Uh, Putin actually said to Kraft after being given the ring that he could, and I quote, kill someone with this ring because it was so big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, after the trip to Russia, Kraft said he was nudged by then-President Bush's administration to tell people that it was a gift to Putin in, in Russia and, quote, the best interests of U.S.-Soviet relations. Putin later denied that he even met Kraft. <laughs> but he did say he planned to have a replacement ring made for Kraft. The replacement was described as, and I quote, an expensive object made from a nice metal with a stone. End quote. <laughs> so this really happened. That's incredible. To this day, 12 years later, Putin still has Robert Kraft's third Super Bowl ring. Those things are expensive. Yeah. Like 124 diamonds. They really always go all out on the Super Bowl rings, the Kraft family. Yeah, they're especially. very stupid. Yeah, they're insane. Yeah. Because they're just happy and they're rich. Yeah. They don't care. So you got two things to fix here. One may be easier than the other. Maybe not. The first one is you got to get Robert Kraft's ring back without destroying the world. Well, that's tough. Because maybe, maybe that's a big enough thing Putin by itself. Putin is such a maniac. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. How do, how do we do that? Maybe, maybe that's the whole let the grand fix it. We'll see. All right. I got a backup one, though. I think this is pretty easy. Okay. It's actually, what's a really popular sport in Russia? Is basketball popular in Russia? Yeah, sure. Hockey. Hockey? Sure. Yeah. Gymnastics? Hockey. Hockey. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Got to be hockey. Okay. So, Sidney Crosby, is he American? I don't think so. Oh, that ruins my thing. Well, somebody's American, though. <laughs> they like basketball in Russia, right? Let's go with basketball. Yeah, they like basketball, too. Okay. So, what we got to do is we got to take somebody who Putin's kind of unaware of. He maybe isn't so into basketball, but, you know, Russia's kind of getting into basketball. Let's say that. Okay. It seems to be the case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 they're following the NBA playoffs with a plum. All right. So we take one of the top three draft picks this year. Okay. You know, like let's, let's say Lonzo Markel, Ball. Okay. Lonzo Ball. Markel Fultz. Lonzo Ball's a bit too high profile. Let's, oh, not, okay. let's not go with him. Let's go with Markel Fultz. Cool. All right. And uh, instead of going to the NBA draft, he's going to get recruited by the CIA. And the, Wait, wait. The Central Intelligence Agency? Um, no, the Corrugated Intelligence Agency. Yes, the Central Intelligence Agency, Jonathan. You said you wanted me to do that again, so I'm doing it. I didn't more. say I wanted you to. I wondered where it had gone. Oh, well, That's I'm, all. I'm doing it. It's I happening. Can, I can it's see back. that. All right. So we're going to take... We're going to take him, and we're going to, instead of letting him go to the NBA draft, the CA is going to pay him, like, way more than the NBA would have paid him. And mm -hmm. he's going to become a sleeper agent. Well, not a sleeper agent, but an agent. Way more than the NBA would have paid him? Yeah. This is important for U.S.-Soviet relations. a lot of money, but yeah, go on. $200 million. Yeah, okay. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, he's going to go over. He's going to get drafted into a Euro League that plays in Russia. He's yeah. He's going to... Manip like there's, he's going to have an agent, and I'm using air quotes, who's going to manipulate it so he ends up on like the Russian team yeah. in the Euro League, and then of course he's going to be very good, and they're going to win the championship sure. of whatever league he's in. There, he's going to get invited to Putin's estate, right? And when he's there, a little chip in his brain will be activated, and he'll go into spy mode. He won't have known it when he was asleep. The Central Intelligence Agency put the chip in, right? And he'll use his expert robotic level spy skills to seek and find the ring, extract it from Putin's house, bring it back to America, mm -hmm. and the world will be saved. 
Well, what what about when Putin realizes that the ring is gone? Well, he's not going to realize right away. I mean, he probably has stolen a lot of shit from a lot of people. He doesn't. He, does, he just has like a pile of shit that he stole from people. Yeah, that's true. And he's not going to notice that's gone for a while. He's not going to necessarily correlate it to when Marco Fultz was there performing his American deeds. That's not a bad point, actually, that he maybe a long time before he even realizes it's gone. At some point, he's going to know it's gone, though, right? Yeah, Eventually. and he'll just blame the maid and probably shoot her in the head or something. Yeah. So that's good. We could, yeah. So we'll have one innocent death on our hands. It's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get the ring. Let me ask you a question, though. So they're paying Markel Fultz $200 million, but he doesn't know he's a sleeper agent? No, he's not a sleeper agent. I, I, miss, oh, I okay. misspoke when I said that. He doesn't know that there's a chip in his head. He knows he's an agent. Oh, okay. He doesn't know about the chip in his head because we can't trust the guy straight out of college with no training to actually be good at the spy stuff. All we can do is put him in the situation, let him play basketball, win the thing. That's his job. Okay. Our job is to design a good chip to put in his brain that makes him an excellent <laughs> spy that can steal the ring from Putin. Makes perfect sense. I don't see a hole in this. <laughs> I can't find a hole in this. Okay. Okay. So let's say, though, because you're sort of giving us the uh, – Perfect. This is the perfect scenario, but I've seen a lot of Mission Impossible movies, and the plan never goes according to... Well, we're going to have an Ethan Hunt-type person behind the scenes who will be there to assist, obviously. Right. So what happens when things go poorly? That's not my fucking job. I come up with the plan. (laughs) There's an operations guy who deals with that shit, all right? I'm John Voight. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair, actually. Yeah. That's actually totally reasonable. Okay. So that's a pretty good solve, actually. I guess $200 million. I don't know why I have to pay him that much money. Because who cares about the taxpayers? Throw money at it. The Kraft family needs their ring back. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, why can't we just threaten to, like, kill his family if he doesn't do it or something? You can't threaten to kill Putin's family. No, Markel Fultz's family. Oh. oh. Save 200 million bucks. Yeah, I don't know. Pay him, Mike, and Norm. Pay him. We're just going to pay you whatever the equivalent salary would be that you would have made in the NBA. Markel Fultz is going to be useful to us later down the line. Yeah. The... This is a this is a good mission, but it's not going to be the most important mission he does. Oh. We're going to save the family killing threat for when it's like really important. Like, what is an example of one of the really important missions? Like, if the the president of Uzbekistan sure steals Bill Belichick's left shoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see how that would be a thing. Yeah, Belichick. I mean, Belichick might just handle that himself, as we know from our earlier segments, right? He right, but like, he's, too, I got he's too high profile. That's why we got to use Markel Fultz and not LeBron James. But Do everyone, not understand anything that I'm saying. By the time Markel Fultz is getting Belichick's left shoe back, everyone's going to know who he is, though. He'll be the Russian star. Markel no, no. Fultz. I mean, Uzbekistan doesn't even care about the Russian basketball uh, team. That's probably obviously. true. That's probably true, actually. Like, not very many Americans can name or recognize uh, European soccer stars and right. vice versa in terms of baseball and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can be a sports star in one country and being yeah. known in others. Still. Right. So that's a fair point. Okay. So good. All right. So that's how we get the ring back without destroying the world. That's Easy. great. Easy. So question number two. Okay. How do we prevent something like this from happening in the future? From Putin specifically just keeping something? Um, from heads of state keeping so, things. Because so like Putin, Putin like people. So like if I went up to Justin Trudeau because I got to meet him because – for winning the award for being the best podcaster in the world. Right. And yeah. he would that's the kind of thing he'd be like. The Justin shake your Trudeau would it. be like, I'm the guy who's gonna talk to you. <laughs> and I come, come to Canada, come to the Canadian White House. We'd and I was showing him my podcaster award, which is just a, a piece of paper that somebody printed out for me and gave to me. Right. And I was like, Here, Justin Trudeau, my good friend, would you like to look at my award? And he takes it and he's like, Oh, that's cool, and he folds it up and puts it in his pocket. Yeah. How can I prevent that? Yeah. I okay, this this is easy. So every we have to brief people who have 
being given awards and then speaking to heads of state about the awards while yeah. the awards are in their presence. Here's the key. When you hand the head of state the award, you say, when you're finished looking at that, can I please have it back? <laughs> I mean, that may work. Yeah, I'm just going to start that way. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Now, that will probably work with some heads of state. Justin Trudeau, actually, pretty good candidate for that yeah. to work with, right? Um, Canadians are so so cordial. He's going to, of course, oblige. He seems like a very nice guy. Yeah. But there are definitely some heads of state who maybe not so much, you know? Right. Going to bend to that. And they're used to sort of doing what like, they want. Like Putin. Putin would be one example. I can think of others. Of course. Everybody right? can. Yeah. So what do we do with those guys? Like, let's say you're, you're invited to a different White House. Kim Jong-un. Sure. Others as well. I can think <laughs> of. <laughs> I can think of all sorts. Right now. Are you trying to not get us targeted by the missiles I'm right now? I'm trying, but it's really hard. I'm <laughs> really working hard not to say other people's names. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I don't see what the problem is. What do you want me to do? <laughs> so let's say, you know, how do we stop Putin or King John, Kim Jong-un? Or, you know, let's say in America, there's in the future, we have a president who is potentially just going to take something and not give it back. Right. What would you do in that case if you're invited to the American White House? Um. I don't know about same, that one. Same situation, right? I, I so so oh, let's do it this way. Let's say Donald Trump happened to be a guy like that. Okay, what would we do then? <laughs> <laughs> so to stop him from keeping my piece of paper for winning the podcast award. Well, maybe in this case, it's you know, like if you get um, a certain amount of subscribers on YouTube, they give you actually they like mail you a play button, like a silver, bronze, silver, yeah. and gold, depending on the number of subscribers. I think it starts at a hundred thousand. Right. So we're not there yet, but maybe one day. So my my goal with Trump specifically, yeah. this is what I would do. Um, I would have in my left hand, I would have the award to show and and hand to him for a second. Yeah. And once he'd got a second to look at it, unbeknownst to him, in my other hand, there's just a fistful of shiny ass diamonds. And I just chuck them on the ground and run away. Take the, <laughs> take the award with me because he'd be distracted by the diamonds. So you're going to spend <laughs> thousands upon thousands yeah. of dollars to protect your, Maybe YouTube, millions. your YouTube certificate. Nobody said this was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Could we get fake diamonds at least? No, they no, would he, know. He, he would he, know. He's probably pretty good at judging yeah. diamonds. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. How about this? Could we somehow have like a fake, a fake thing to give instead of the real thing? Like what ended up happening in this case? But then is, it's like the whole meeting didn't happen, and I wasn't validated for my excellent achievement. No, no, no. I don't mean it like that. I mean like if you're Robert Kraft, coming back to him going to Russia, you know you're going to meet Putin, and we know we now know this is a possibility, right? So. We actually get a fake Super Bowl ring. So we can show it to him. And if he keeps it, eh, joke's on you, bruh. Too easy. Too easy? Why? Because yeah. you, you chuck a fistful of diamonds on the ground instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the move. That is a pretty good move. Yeah. Um, but they have to be real. That's the problem. It depends We're... on which head of state. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Some Like Trudeau probably doesn't know the difference. No, he's probably never seen but diamond he's, in his he, life. You can just do the thing of asking for it back with yeah, him. Yeah, if you so. if you just say please, yeah. I'm sure he'll happily give it back. Right? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know? Yeah. And, oh, sorry. Let me. Sorry. Oh, oh, let me buy you some dinner then. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like a nice poutine? Oh, this is this is wonderful to see you again. <laughs> Are you doing Scottish? <laughs> I'm sort of. <laughs> he's a Scottish Canadian. Is he? Anyway, yeah. He's not. Did you not know that? He's not. He is. His name is French. Right. But his father is Scottish. His father's Scottish. His mother is French. He was born in Canada. Why is he? Why does he have his mother's name, and not his father's name? That's a great question. I don't. I, this is far as the lie can go. You make yeah. it up. Yeah, you <laughs> fuck that up. I did pretty well, man. I sounded reasonable there for you a second. Sounded second. okay. Some of the listeners believe me. You know who you are, Steve. <laughs> Always Steve. <laughs> yeah, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Mike D'Angelo. So, uh, anything else we want to say about this? I think we solved. It. I think we solved everything. Yeah. 
We're done. Okay. We're done. Goodbye. See you next week.